in a most fun way. In the name of God, our Creator and our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, in the name of the Holy Spirit, our Comforter and our Teacher, Amen. For vacation, have you ever stayed at a house of one of these, what's called verbal vacation rental by owners? I think otherwise it's called short-term rental. Uh, Debbie and I have. I know right now in Plano they're having a number of problems with the short-term rentals. People um, getting pretty wild wild in their partying and even gun shooting and that. Uh, Debbie and I never had any problem with that. But what the story that I want to share with you happened about 10 years ago. Uh, it was back when we had lived in uh, Illinois. And I had went online to get one of these Verbo homes. I studied all of the pictures, again, looking online at the inside of this house as well as the outside of the house. And everything looked pretty decent to me. And then I read the reviews online of what they said about this particular home. And again, it was all pretty good. Well, we've been driving, this was I think our second or third day, and we've been driving some 13 hours to come and to make it to this home that was in uh, Fort Worth. Uh, And so when we pulled up to this home, and even though it was dark out, when we looked at the outside of the house and the yard, our hearts sunk. It was not good. Because what we were looking at made the Adams family house look like prime property. This was not going to be good, and we felt it from the start. When we walked in, we had to dodge wires hanging from the ceiling. And next to the bed was a water heater with a sheet stain covering the water heater. And then my wife gets into bed... And a cockroach runs across her face. Yuck, yes. So, lamb, bang, boom, we are out of there into a hotel. We are definitely not going to stay there. Again, the photos, what I looked at online, and the reviews, they, they were good. But don't always judge a book by its cover, right? I mean, pure and simple, we got scammed big time. Now, we still stay in these homes, okay, and we've never had any trouble uh, since then, but my wife is the one that really does the choosing now. Uh, I I, I don't do that. Um, But here's my point. When it comes to choosing one of these Verbo homes, the one thing that really counts the most for Debbie and me is what's on the inside. I mean, the outside can even be somewhat dreary, but as long as the inside is clean, immaculate, well-kept, maybe newly renovated, we're good to go, as long as the inside is good. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul is talking about how critical the priority is of the inside of our Christian life being straight and right with God, how important it is that the inside is right. He talks about this mindset or a setting of the mind. And he says either our mindset is in the spirit or our mindset is in the flesh. It's one or the other. And the difference between those mindsets is the difference between heaven and hell. 
The difference between those mindsets in terms of our behavior and attitudes is also the difference between heaven and hell. When the inside is right, the outside's going to be bright. When the inside is full of the Holy Ghost, life is at its most. But when the inside is full of the flesh, that stuff, because it's sin, needs to be flushed. I mean, even Jesus said to the Pharisees that you guys look great on the outside. But inside, you're full of dead men's bones. He could see inside. Let's look at these words from the Apostle Paul here, from Romans chapter 8. Those of the flesh have the mindset on things of the flesh. And again, flesh stands for sin. Those of the spirit on things of the spirit... The mindset on flesh equals death. The mindset on the spirit equals life and peace. Mindset on flesh is hostile toward God, does not submit to God's law, does not have power to do so. Those in the flesh have absolutely no power to please God. Now, why be concerned or interested, again, in these two different mindsets of the spirit as well as the flesh? Well, because there's a huge difference between the impact from each of them. The impact of a mindset in the Holy Spirit is, what does it say there in verse 6? Life and peace. Life and peace. So when I have this God-given mindset of the Spirit, my life is all about Jesus' life and Jesus' peace. So he says in Romans 5 that we have peace with God no matter what the circumstances are in my life right now, no matter what I am thinking about myself, no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on at my place of work, because of Jesus Christ, my baptism in his name, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that brings life to us so that we can, in turn, create life and peace in the lives of those around us. Now, why should I be concerned or bothered about the mindset of the flesh? Of the flesh. Well, you notice here in verse 7, there are four demonic messes that come from a mindset that is centered in the flesh. Four. Now, quick disclaimer. Why four demonic messes and two about the Holy Spirit's gifts, life and peace? Four versus the two. Here's what I hear that saying, is that when it comes to living out this life of faith, we are in an uphill battle. Paul says that. Our battle, he's talking about our life, is not against flesh and blood. Jesus says, he who endures to the end will be saved. So four demonic messes says we've got a real struggle on our hands. Let's, let, let me list these quickly. The first demonic mess is in verse 6. It says a mindset on the flesh is death robs you and me of life. A second mindset on the flesh, it rebuffs God, is hostile to God, doesn't want anything to do with his word or with church. Thirdly, a mindset on the flesh rejects the word of God. No daily devotions, no adult Bible classes, no listening to God speak to us through his word. And then finally, a mindset on the flesh removes even the power to please God. There is, I'm simply not going to be able to please God when I'm in this mindset of the flesh. When I'm consumed by a mindset of the flesh, 
Again, don't forget, that translates into behaviors. And those behaviors are listed like in Galatians 5, the deeds of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, pornography, lust, okay? And then it goes on and lists more problems that occur in relationships when it comes to my living according to this mindset of the flesh. So maybe we need to ask, what type of media do I listen to? What, what, what do I take in through my eyes and my ears and my other senses? Should we not as parents, and I know this especially now being a grandparent, scrupulously guard what our children are taking in? Children have phones, okay? And just last week, I had my phone, and I was watching a video on YouTube with our grandson, Grant, of some game that he wanted to look at. And in the middle of watching this game, a commercial comes up that used very offensive and sinful hand gestures and very sinful words, which he heard and saw. And I couldn't take that back. I turned it off and we set it down, and now our rule is no more watching anything on YouTube for them. What about the video games? What about the heavy metal music? Let me just mention a couple of the names of groups. These are heavy metal singers, sing throughout the country. One group is called Reburied. They're on death. Dungeon Serpent. Funeral Chant. When I was serving as a pastor back in Illinois, um, I once went to visit a young 17-year-old girl that was in the hospital because she had dangerously tried to harm herself. So I went to see her, and I found the reason that this happened initially was her boyfriend had broken up with her, and then she spent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday listening to a guy by the name of Judas Priest, heavy metal. Judas, I mean, come on, out of the Bible, and priest? And she said the words of this song, now this is this young lady saying this to me, it's no research done, this young lady said the words drove her to want to hurt herself. The words drove her. What we take inside impacts us. Jesus says in Mark 4, take care what you listen to. Take care what you watch. Even Martin Luther says to beware of the devil's working on and in and through our minds. The devil is determined to blast God's love from a man's mind and to arouse thoughts of only God's wrath. So if we wonder why do we find ourselves questioning God and his love for you and for me, no wonder. Look at what the devil wants to do. Blast the love of God out of our minds, out of our hearts. You know the movie Inside Out? Um, five emotions. No, yeah, one, two, three, four, yeah, five emotions. Sadness, joy, anger, uh, disgust, and fear. And you know what the movie purports? Those emotions control your life. Those emotions are in control of your life. That is not what scripture says. By no means. Now, in fact, 
when you talk about the mindset of the flesh and the mindset of the spirit, that's what's in control of our emotions. Not to mention the devil and the influence that he plays in our life. Paul said, our life is a battle not against flesh and blood, not against emotions, but it's against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places in Christ our Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is not emotions. Love, joy, it was one of the emotions in Inside Out. Joy. That's not an emotion. That's a pure and simple, wonderful gift given to us that we get to taste in his body and blood that is given to us in our baptism. You're my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. So I can have this joy even though I feel sad because of Christ. Because of Christ. So what really counts with our God? Is it the inside or is it the outside? And actually, the answer is it's both. The inside and the outside are what ultimately matter to our God. How do we know this? Well, it says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 that God will disclose the motives of our hearts. Our, our motives are going to be judged. That's our inside. And then in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, it says we all got to appear before God's throne and be judged for our deeds Good or bad. So the outside's going to be judged. Now I know that when I read those words, it is somewhat disconcerting and makes me afraid to think, I am going to be judged for my motives as a husband, my motives as a father, my motives as a grandfather, my motives as a pastor. I'm going to be judged. And I'm going to be judged for my outside behavior. I mean, if Jesus starts with my driving, I'm sunk. I'm sunk. And truly, in all seriousness, hopefully that brings us to a point of where we say we have no choice, but we do deserve hell because of our sinful motives and outside behaviors. But God doesn't leave us to ourselves, does he? By no means. There is one difference about this inside-outside with God. And the difference is, what does God change first? What does he change first? The inside. The inside is always what God changes first when it comes to God's work of salvation, when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 23, verse 26. Listen to what Jesus says to the Pharisees. You blind Pharisee, first, first, first clean the inside. And then in our gospel reading, Jesus said to the woman at the well, the water that I will give to you will become inside you. Inside you. A well of water springing up to eternal life. Now how does one get changed from a mindset of the flesh to a mindset of the spirit? Again, it's not by looking inside ourselves. It's not by the power of positive thinking. Scripture says that our natural inside is nothing but corrupt and evil. Every intent of the thoughts of our hearts is only evil continually. If there's going to be a change on the inside, it comes from outside of us. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from our baptism. It comes from the Lord's Supper. That's why the arrows are pointing towards us from the Word, from baptism, from the Lord's Supper, because 
as we eat and drink, as we're about to do, God comes inside us with his forgiveness that we trust in those words of that forgiveness. Jesus came from outside this world to live inside the human flesh, which that alone should blow our minds. God became man. No other faith. There's no religion that can ever make such a claim that God would be so willing to save us as to get inside of us and become one of us. When it comes to Jesus dying for us on the cross, the outside of his bloodied and beaten body still cannot compare with the crushed and the stricken and smitten and afflicted soul suffering that was going on on the inside that we can never see, but that Jesus felt out of his love for you and for me. While Jesus was dying on the cross, let's ask, what was God's mindset? What was God's mindset in regards to Jesus? I'll tell you what his mindset was. God's mindset to Jesus was nothing but condemnation, was nothing but judgment, was nothing but punishment. That's what we deserve. But God had that all aimed at Jesus, again, because of his love for us. Now, now what do you suppose was Jesus' mindset? Talked about God's. What about Jesus' mindset on the cross? Certainly he had that. Well, we learned that mindset right up front. What was the very first thing he said after they had nailed him to the wood and they lifted that cross up? His first words, at least according to Scripture, are, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus' mindset is pure love for you and for me. And in fact, he said it earlier when he said, I came to give my life as a ransom for many. So goes Jesus' mindset for us. Matthew West has a song that talks about God having us on his mind. It's a good song. Christian artist. One of the verses reads, Who am I that the king of the world would give one single thought about my broken heart? You paid the price. You took the cross. You gave your life. And you did it all with me on your mind. Good words. But you know, I've come to experience God's love goes much deeper than just our being a thought on his mind. And let me illustrate with a final story. Deb and I had gone away for a weekend and left our two boys, David and Peter, with my parents. They, at this time, they were four years old. David was four and Peter was two. We picked them up. We headed back to our home. Uh, it was getting kind of late. And Debbie started putting Peter to bed, the two-year-old. And the four-year-old, David, sat at the table and he looked a little glassy-eyed. And I said, David, you know, what's, what's going on here? Are you, are you okay? And now, this is when God taught me how God's inside heart feels about us sinners. David said to me, Dad, while you and Mom were away, I really missed you. While you were gone, I had this big tickle in my heart for you and Mom. I love that. I had this big tickle in my heart for you and mom people of God we are so much much more than just a thought on God's mind in our baptism what we get to taste we are the big tickle in God's heart forever
Amen. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for creating in us new hearts, new minds. Keep our inside heart and soul and mind deeply in love with you. Keep reminding us of the eternal tickle in your heart for us. Lord, as we share in your holy meal as we are about to, may we indeed taste in faith that eternal tickle of your love. And we pray this humbly through Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray and all God's people prayed. Amen.